Hey guys, how are you? Welcome to Who Can It Be Now, the podcast. Um, thank you so much for being here, for continuing to listen. And I just really am excited and I'm loving this format. And we're going to have some surprises coming down the pipe for our podcast listeners. So on today's episode, I am interviewing Brandy Gilmore. So this is the summary of today. Right now in this intro, I am going to do the number reading because we posted in the Instagram um, for people to put in a three-digit number. And I picked one person. I'm going to do a number reading, but I'm going to teach you something so you can all do it yourself. And then I'm going to tell you're going to go into the reading, the interview with Brandy Gilmore. I'm a little tired because we are at the SAS experience right now. We're doing the SAS experience. So it's a big week where we do a lot of things of teaching. And we just did the soul session today, which was incredible. It's where I teach people to channel. And um, I may bring some of that in in a minute to you guys. And we are just doing a lot of stuff. So it's really busy right now. But uh, so that's why we have an interview for you. And Brandy is great. You're going to love her. She also has a podcast. And um, when I first, when I met her, when I did the interview, I was like, wow, she's just so cool. So you're going to love everything that she has to say. She's such a positive minded person and she has an incredible story and she really lives from her heart and creates magic in her life. So listen to that and enjoy it. And then um, right now, what I'm going to do before I do the reading, I just want to do a little bit of a talk for with you guys real quick. Oh, and by the way, that interview ends abruptly because we cut out the Q&A. We do a Q&A with members in my Membership for Your Soul program, and that's private to our community. So um, the person who helps me edit uh, let me know that it cuts off abruptly. And she was like, you may want to do an outro. And I was like, yeah, I'll tell them in the intro. So it's an interesting time right now. I am in a very transformative place. How many times have I told you that? And I want to offer up something to all of you that I feel like will help you. I am making decisions for my heart and soul, and I'm making big life decisions and big business decisions for my life, for my heart and soul. And we're in this experience right now with the SAS experience, and it's an interesting experience. Like everybody's very engaged, and they're going through it, and they're having incredible breakthroughs. And some are really hesitant to move on to the next step. And I can feel them on the fence and um, the hesitation that they have and the fears they have around money and scarcity and lack and anxiety. And it's really interesting for me as a teacher to watch people have incredible breakthroughs, but then hit the pause button on something else, a program, Soulfinder Academy, that can really catapult them into an incredible experience. And I'm not just saying this, I have like hundreds of people have gone through the program and they have witnessed those people to tell them their truth. I didn't, they've been on the page and saying, oh my goodness, it has changed my life. And I'm not doing a sales pitch right now. What I want to share with you is as a business owner, as a teacher, we all go through these moments in our life where when I'm in an experience like this, I'm like, whoa, something's happening. Something's happening in my business. Something's happening to me. This is a big pivot. It's a huge pivot moment for me because you have ideas of how you want things to work out. You have like, oh, this is going to be this way and that way and it's going to be great and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden it goes screech and you're like, what was that? Like yesterday we were on, I'm going to be very transparent with all of you. I was teaching the last pillar, which was synchronicity, which I love. And uh, I do want to come on and teach these pillars in here and give you some little uh, tidbits about it. And I know I have before, but the way I teach synchronicity, I have not seen out there. And uh, I was teaching it. And then I came on to share about interview, inviting them into Soulfinder Academy. 
And it was kind of like a jaggered energy. It was weird. And I invited Erin on, who works with me, to talk about the, uh, the program because I'm not very good at sales pitching. I'm not really into pitching, to tell you the truth. I want to tell, I, I haven't even gotten into like how much they get in this program. And both Erin and I were like, wow, the energy feels weird. There was something weird about it. And after the call, we um, talked about it and we're like, what happened? I was like, okay, the teaching was a little different. I didn't get the community involved right away. And and I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for a walk. I'm, I'm going to go for a walk. And Aaron's like, yeah, I'm going to go do my thing. And I went out for a walk and I was, um, I went to a podcast. Like I know exactly where to go. My alignment, my alignment feels like it just got shook up like a snow globe. I don't let myself get fragmented anymore. I don't let my soul become fragmented. I pull the pieces together. And so I went for a walk and I was listening to this uh, podcast and I had an epiphany, not from the podcast, because I could barely hear it. You know, when you're in one of those moments where like life all of a sudden shook up around you and you're not sure what happened and you like go and watch TV and you're not even paying attention because you're still in your thoughts. It was that kind of a moment. But I had an epiphany about the type of teacher I am and how I want to reach communities and how I want to bring my message to communities and how I want to invite people in to get to know me. And it isn't the way that I've been doing it. I'm like, I am no longer in alignment with how, I mean, I think it's, this experience is phenomenal, but it's probably the last time I'm going to do it this way. And I came home and I sat down and channeled with my guides and they were like, wait a second, you know, you're not meant to be doing it this way anymore. That's why we're pausing you. That's why we're sh shaking up the snow globe. And you really want to say to your guides and to spirit and universe at that moment, like, do you really have to do that? Like, it's so friggin' uncomfortable. It feels like a violation from the inside out. But I know enough now that when those feelings get really magnified, pause, take a moment, go for a walk, talk to your guides, talk to your soul. It's not that bad. Everything's okay. There's, and, and even I was talking to my friend, Tracy Crosley, who I've interviewed on here and she's got a podcast too. I love her. And I was leaving her a message and I was like, I know that this is a huge moment in my life right now. This is so big. And it may not sound that big to you because I'm not sharing all the pieces right now with you because I'm in it. I will probably after. I like to share after I come through it. But I was saying to her, I was like, I know this is like huge. Something tremendous and really big is coming out of this. And through conversations with her and conversations with the community I'm in, my mastermind, the paid community I'm in, and conversations with some of those people in that group privately, I'm just getting clearer and clearer and clearer. And I'm recognizing this new path that I'm meant to go on. And it's all in alignment with my soul. And sometimes when we don't take the risk or we don't, like we say, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Yeah, I know. But you know, I'm waiting till I have enough money in the bank. I'm waiting till I have this. I'm waiting till I have that. I was doing a little of that in my head. And Tracy last night was like, whoa, wait a second. Because we're kind of mirroring each other too, but I'm not going to share her story. And she, she called, she called, she didn't call me out on something because she didn't have to, because I was on the road with her. I was like, yeah, what's going on here? Let's talk about this. Like we were having this really interesting conversation via Marco Polo and um, Marco Polo is an app. And she's like, whoa, dude, da, 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 da. She didn't say dude either. And it was one of those moments. It was that aha moment. I'm like, wait a second. You're right. Like I talk about the life that I'm living and the life that I'm meant to live and I'm ready for the next stage. Like I was planning my life and I was planning the next stage of my life for fall of 2021, 2022, fall of 2022. And Tracy's like, it's here now. They sped it up. It's here. 
And I listened to that message and I sat down because you know, when you're in those modes where I'm like a little all over the place, hopefully you're okay with this. You know, when you're in those modes, and I promised the podcast producers that I was going to not talk so long in the intro, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but you know, when you're in those moments where um, you're a little bit in reaction because things are happening, but you're also in a little bit of stability and balance because you're observing your behavior and you know something big's happening and you could feel the energy amping up inside of you. Like that's the moment I was happening. So I was like doing, 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 doing. I get into action right away. I don't, you know, I don't sit back. And then I was like, okay, pause, sit back, conversate, converse. And I had this magical moment of where I was putting myself on hold because I was waiting for something. And Tracy helped me with that. So I want to give a big shout out to Tracy Crosley for that. And Erin on my team and Laura and Trisha, like we, I woke up this morning and had a really magical dream, which I'm going to talk about in a second. And we got onto Slack, another app, and we were like communicating as a team about our, my business shift. It's our business really, because I feel like they're a big part of my business and what we're shifting. And it's really exciting now. And I'm in one of that really creative spaces, but creative space doesn't mean everything is cool, calm, and collective. Creative space is like, oh my goodness, the seams just ripped apart. I'm just leaking now. Okay. What? Like, it's almost like the, uh, I'm gold. We're all gold, right? Like that alchemy. It just leaked and flooded to the floor because it just, uh, just did that. And now we have to remold it and reshape it. So what I've been doing at night, and I'm going to share this with you and I'm going to go into the reading, but I'm going to teach you guys something about the reading. Oh, I just had another idea for you guys, but I'm going to hold that one off and I'll make a note of it. So what I've been doing at night is before I go to bed, I have really great rituals. I pray. I pray with prayer cards. It's part of my Catholicism, my Catholic background. I'm not Catholic anymore or practicing Catholic, but there are pieces of it I love. I do a gratitude list and then I'm usually reading, but lately I've been watching some YouTube videos. I do watch some YouTube videos and I, there are certain YouTube videos I love. And then I go to sleep and I usually sleep with an intention like, you know, tell me this or tell me that this is what I want to know, which I've shared with you. And they've been waking me up in the middle of the night, not for long. And there's usually a clear clarity to me or a consciousness because your mind chatter stop. I'm not going to get up and do the dishes. I'm not going to do the laundry. So I'm laying in bed. I'm woken up from a dream. And I am very clear about what question I need to ask. So this has been happening a lot. So I asked the question and I went to sleep and right away I was in a dream where I was at a subway booth and I was buying tokens and I was visiting New York. So I didn't have the tokens. Of course, it's easy passes these days. And I gave the guy a $20 bill numbers, super important. And he gave me a token or two. I can't remember and then gave me a bunch of dimes. And I remember just slipping my hand underneath the glass, grabbing the dimes and putting them in my pocket. And I just had to keep doing that because there were so many dimes. And I woke up this morning and I was like, what the dimes, like things change on a dime. That's what dimes mean to me. And it brought me back to this memory when I was in New York City and I was hitting the wall and I knew I needed something to change, but I didn't know what it was. And everywhere I went, I found dimes. And I was in my dream work already and in my symbology work, but I wasn't talking to my guides yet. I knew my higher self, but I was, I was pursuing acting and all I kept seeing was the dimes. So I was like, oh, the universe is definitely communicating to me with these dimes. So I started collecting them. I had a huge bag of dimes and I decided to create a piece of art with the dimes and I pasted that, glued them all on a piece of paper 
and I wrote an affirmation and then I, I drew something on top of it and I framed it. And I'll never forget because I went to California for three months after 9-11, like right after, and I had somebody staying in my apartment, this friend who was an actress, we met in acting class, and she, I'm not an artist, right? I'm going to say I am an artist because I am an artist. And she was like, what is that thing? Like, I keep looking at it and I told her what about it. And she's like, that's so cool. What I realized was everything changed on a dime. Everything. Because of, I was planning on going to California for three months. I've been wanting to move to California for so many years, 15 years. Um, 9-11 happened, yes. That was the thing that the catalyst that pushed me out into California. And I changed everything and it cracked me open onto my spiritual path. So last night when I've got the dimes and I was putting them in my pocket, I was like, oh, things change on a dime. And it's one of those moments in my life right now where it feels like that screeching of the album, but I know better that it's not. That's what our body does. It's like, wait a second, it's not working out the way it's supposed to. Wait a second, I was waiting for something else or something more. And I'm like, no, things change on a dime. This is an opportunity to grab this right now and to do something amazing and magical with it. So what I want to do for you guys right now is I want you to think about the thing that you really want to change in your life. The thing that you really want, what do you want to change on a dime with ease and grace? I like to say ease and grace because the disruption sometimes is so like, I'm tired right now. Um, but it's good. It's a good tired. What is it that you really want to change? And when I do this reading for Monica, I'm going to do the three numbers. And when I say the three numbers, what I want you to do is pick one of those numbers that I say, and then listen to what I say about that particular number as the reading for your question. So I'm picking it. She, she wrote a three digit number and the three digit number is, it's interesting because her name has got an 11 at the end, but I'm going to ignore that for now unless spirit takes me to it. Her three num three digit number is 387. So I'm going to read that in its entirety and separately. So I want you to pick three, eight, or seven to answer your question. And then of course you could take her entire reading, but I want you to, to narrow in on one aspect of this. So Monica, this is for you. Um, and I know Monica a bit. We actually worked together in Brooklyn years ago as waitresses and she, we got back in touch uh, on Facebook and her number just in her name and everything just rang out to me. It's not because I know her and that's why I picked her, what spirit wants me to do. So the three, three is super prominent right now because I'm so looking at the piece where it says uh, one, two, three reading and you have the one and the three and the three is all about mind, body and soul. And you are really at the beginning of your journey in your mind, body and soul and completely encapsulating it. My hands are on fire right now. So you are uh, opening. I know that you're doing, um, uh, you're not a nurse, you're a nurse practitioner, an MP. It's so good for you and your healing energy has kind of come out even more. So they want you to pay attention to your hands because my hands are on fire and healing energy doesn't necessarily have to come out of our hands. It can come out of our throat or out of our intuition or some other place, but your healing energy is just, it's coming out of your whole body, your whole being. So not only are you working with people from an intellectual place, but you're working with them from a mind, body and soul place. And spirit wants you to pay a lot of attention to that, to the fact that when your presence is in the room with the client, it's not only what you're saying and how you're listening to them, it's how you're holding space for them. It's your energy that's 
coming out of you, emulating out of you. And that is the mind, body, and soul. So you have fully stepped into your wholeness right now. The eight is about business. So the eight can be infinity, right? But for me, it's about business. It's about building foundations with your business. It's about running towards it, going towards it, embracing it. It's in the middle of your number. So if we do tarot readings, right? The card on the left is past. The card in the middle is present. And the card, a three-card tarot reading. The card on the right is future. So right now you're like building this momentum towards your business. And this is actually your infinite calling. It's your, like, I don't like saying word purpose because you may come to another iteration in this uh, business that you're in. So we never want to limit it as this is what it is and this is what it stays at, but it's going to continue to grow, but you're on the path for it. It's a hugely magical path. And Spirit's asking me to ask you not to limit it in any way, because there's a formula sometimes with the way that certain people have to work. You know, you go through a school and a studies, and then there's all these guidelines and they're saying, please, even if you can't verbally say something, hold it in your energy for the person, because it's going to be so magical for them. And it's, you're going to do so much more that with what you don't say in the appointments. And they're asking that you really allow the infinite experience to unfold in front of you and not try to dictate it or manage it or try to contain it to allow it to go out. You have a lot of energy coming in because I'm completely turned to my left. And left to me is about receiving also besides past energy. And I feel like your own guides are coming in and they're coming in a lot through the left, but you're very much turned from the right. So what that means to me is they're asking you to embrace. What I would have you do, Monica, is I would have you sit quietly with your eyes closed. You can picture yourself in the infinity symbol if that feels okay. Or you can picture yourself as the infinity symbol and lean into the three and when I say lean, I actually lean physically my body into that space where I would imagine the three is sitting and see what it feels like. You can do a lot of things with the three. You could do um, uh, conversations with it. I'm not going to get into too much because, again, I promise not to go too long on this one. But I'll go further into these techniques and tools and teaching people. But lean into it and just converse with it or just feel it. Now, the seven is about your psychic ability. So your intuition is getting amped up and that's in your future position. So as because you're in your wholeness, your mind, body, and soul, right? You have now said yes, yes to my soul. And you said it a while ago when you decided to do this training. And that wasn't an easy decision for you. And you did it. Congratulations. And you're like, I'm on my path. I'm ready. There might be a little bit of fear. It does not matter. I feel really good. And now spirit's like, can we open up the psychic channels? And... Whether you bring that into conversation with your students, your clients or not, does not matter. It's how you hold the space for yourself when you're doing the work is what matters. They're reminding me of a nurse practitioner. I only share my personal stories when it's pertinent to the reading of a nurse practitioner that I worked with early on when I was working with the, the therapist who knew how to work with mediums. And she made this green drink and she was just very out of the box and had me doing different things with my womb. And, you know, it was it was very good. She was really good. I don't remember her name. So she had her own practice and 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 she was making bank. Good for her. And it was on the phone. I did it all on the phone with her. I never met her. And then she would ship me the the drink, which was actually really, really good. Embrace that. Embrace all of this. You're where you're meant to be. So the number adds up to you know, I can usually add in my head, but that has changed. And 18. 
So ones are all about new beginnings and the eight again is in the business, right? So I did that wrong. Yeah, 18. So the eight is all about business. So you're in new beginnings with business, which is so great. It equals up a nine. Nines in the tarot are final endings, but it's it's like um, three, six, nine cycle. And then you're about to go into the page, which means that you've gone through a cycle, a great journey, um, depending on which uh, tarot, tarot it is, if it's wands or wands are about creativity, swords are about thoughts, hearts, uh, cups are about motions and um, pentacles are about spiritual truths. And... I feel like with you, this is about spiritual truths because they're showing me the pentacles above all else. And so for me, with you, the nine, you're in this soul's journey. Embrace it, they're saying. And I, they just keep having me, like having you stand in the number. Like now I'm standing in the number nine. And the number nine is a soul number. And people sometimes ask me, what does that mean? Well, it means that you're like, you're in your soul. Allow your soul to speak to you. So you're in a really great place, Monica. This is an incredible experience to be in. Um, enjoy it. Keep moving through it. Do a couple of techniques and tools I suggested, which is like leaning into the numbers, allowing your intuition and psychic abilities to speak to you and really um, move through it with confidence, move through it with wisdom, infinite wisdom and knowledge and just knowing that you're in the right place and you're exactly where you're meant to be. All right, guys, that's my number reading. We'll probably do this again um, next week. So I'll have, um, I'll post the thing and put the three digit number in and I will pick someone. Thank you so much. And now enjoy Brandy. You're going to love her. She's amazing. And then check out the show notes to learn more about her. Thank you so much. And again, so many of you are listening to my podcast. I would love it if you could rate it, if you could subscribe and if you can share, because it, I see people subscribing to it and I'm like, hmm. Hmm, I need more reads. <laughs> I would love that if that's possible. Thank you so much, everyone. And you're going to hear a little bit of music and right into the interview. And remember, it ends abruptly. Thank you. Let me tell you about Brandy and, uh, and then we're going to start on it. So Brandy is um, a PhD in natural and natural medicine. So what are you a PhD in Brandy? It's very relaxed by the way with me and I had coffee today. So it's going to be a little bit more relaxed. <laughs> and hyper. Awesome. And uh, I'm always in flow. So that's good. Uh, actually you, physics uh, with integrative medicine. So, Oh, I love that. Um, so it's basically a natural, um, I, I used to do network engineering and, and uh, then when I got into health, I was like, okay, well let me get something in the direction that, that I do. I love that. So Brandy, she's a world-renowned speaker who is uh, most well-known for her discoveries in self-healing. And due to her ability to demonstrate back-to-back -back physical healing results using only the mind, which I friggin' love, Brandy's work is quickly gaining momentum and captivating audiences worldwide. I got chills, Brandy, so it feels so good. She's been featured on stages internationally and given a mind-expanding TEDx talk. I would love that link so we could share it with everybody where she shares her own incredible healing journey and is being featured in new upcoming documentaries. After her miraculous recovery, she's been working with top celebrities, Olympic athletes, CEOs, and groups of people worldwide, sharing her cutting edge discoveries. Thank you so much for joining us, Brandy. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So I know that you have like a really incredible story as to what brought you to this journey and how you got here. So I would love for you to share and I'm sure it's a really big story and I'm sure you're used to being interviewed, but I'd love to hear what brought you to self-healing, healing through the brain. You know, what is your story? 
I have to tell you, spirituality, self-healing, healing with the mind is probably the last thing, probably the last thing I ever thought I would be doing. Um, and, uh, and here I am. Um, I basically, I grew up as Lutheran, but I had pretty much been a, a bit of an atheist. I was like, oh, that God thing, I'm in trouble. <laughs> Let's yeah. not do that. Uh, but I got into network engineering, loved it. Um, and then I ended up in an accident and technically mm -hmm. I had two, I had a, a car accident and then a really bad fall. And, um, and I ended up being um, injured. I was wheelchair walker cane for about seven years on morphine every day. And I was wow. in so much pain that a lot of times, like I didn't even want to breathe. And it was, it was so frustrating. Just, uh, I mean, there was times that I just wanted to crawl out of my body. I didn't, want to breathe or move. And I just felt so frustrated. And despite the fact that I was on morphine and, and all these medications and my doctors kept saying there was nothing they could do for me. And I was going in for like, I mean, they would do nerve ablations where they burn off the nerve endings, um, lidocaine pushes, um, injections. Um, and so what I began doing is I began, you know, looking for surgeries and procedures in other countries and Israel and Mexico and what else is where and, um, and of course, you know, I would go to like top hospitals and they'd have teams of doctors come in where three, four, five doctors would come in and they'd all try to figure out, you know, what's a plan. Cause I, I was one of those people that <laughs> I would not give up if they said they couldn't help me. I'd be like, okay, who can you refer me to? Yeah. And, and I would literally, I mean, at the end when they said there's nothing they could do, I would, it took me a minute. Cause I, I just had this like lump in my throat where I just wanted to cry and I'd be like, okay, but who can who can you send me to? You guys, they can't, this can't be the end of the road for my life. And, um, and it was like that for years. You know, you, you wait for the next specialist that might be two weeks away or four weeks away. And, and it was just, um, it became a waiting game. And, and, and then eventually it was just the very thing that I hoped would happen. Cause as I was looking at all this research and diet and supplements, they told me that, there was like my hospital that I'd been going to called me and said I could be part of this brand new study. And I was amazed. Like, it was like all my dreams were coming true. Like there's yeah. a new study. Like I get to be a part of it. This is when I get my life back. It was everything that I wanted it was some new procedure and I was going to get my life back. And so I, I went into the hospital that day and they, you know, wheeled me in, in my wheelchair and got me all prepped for this procedure. And, and as I was laying there, um, just waiting for the doctor, you know, waiting for the doctor to come. The doctor finally comes in and, and he was like, you can't be a part of the study, you know? Oh my goodness. We don't expect you to get better. And, and at that moment, like, I, I don't remember leaving the hospital that day, but it felt like it, all of my dreams were just crushed right there. And it just, um, and I remember waking up in my same bed that I had been spending already years in and just thinking like, what's the point of living? You know, I can't, I have no quality of life. Like what's the point? And I was thinking back over everything I tried. And then I remembered leading up to the study, I kept thinking to myself, please don't get the placebo. Please don't get the placebo. I want the real treatment. And so in that moment I thought, well, if the placebo could have worked, then mm. there's still a chance. And that, changed my trajectory. And that's what got me started on looking at the mind. Okay. If the placebo is going to work, how do I make it work? And, um, and that's, that's the, it just changed my entire trajectory. 
how long did it, I'm going to go off our questions, but you said you're okay with flow. So, right, right. How long from that moment to getting healed, how, how long was that? Do you remember? You know, to be honest with you, yeah, it was, I wasn't sleeping at night, so I would be up half the night. I didn't want to know what day it was. I felt like my life was passing me by. At first, like the first couple of years of being injured, I thought, okay, let me distract myself by watching TV and try to distract myself from the pain. And then I got to this point where I would watch people living their life on TV and I would just cry. Yeah. So then when you, when you knew to heal yourself through your brain, how long did that part take? You know, it, it, uh, it took a while because I started going, okay, well, let me meditate. <laughs> At first I was like, okay, meditation. Uh, like I was meditating, I was visualizing, I was using affirmations. It wasn't working. I was, my house sounded like an ashram. <laughs> I was listening to like healing music. I was trying everything, sending my pain to the middle of the earth, sending white light and energy, picturing my body healed and everything coming together and, and all of these things. And it didn't work. And that was probably, I, I would guess to say probably three or four years, three years just doing that and supplements and diet and trying every diet I could. And so because I had been doing network engineering prior to my injury, um, already when I thought about healing with the mind, I was like, great, I might as well be trying to figure out how to get a cow to jump over the moon. Cause I'm very much like a one plus one equals two. Right. I just figure out how to do something. Let me just do it. And so then it was like, okay, send energy. Okay. Try my diet. Okay. Try this. Okay. Meditate more. <laughs> and so, um, and so that's when I really dug into the mind and going, okay, if I'm going to make this work, I've got to understand how it works and why it works and all of that. So I, I shifted my research into going, okay, let me figure out what to do. So you shifted your research into studying the brain or how the brain works. Is that what your research shifted to? Yeah. I mean, I, cause I had already been looking a bit at, I, I mean, I went very common sense and then also like neuroscience, psychoneuroimmunology, um, everything like that. So I'm very much both everything from <laughs> Uh, engineer mindset to, okay, let's channel information and let's connect with guides and, and all of that. And, um, and so when I was going through my injury, I was like, okay, what is the neuroscience? What's happening with electrons? What's the biochemistry? What's the psychoneuroimmunology? And how does energy fit into this? It, it, I was coming at it from all angles, really. Okay. So what was the moment that do you remember the moment when you were like, oh my goodness, I'm pain free or I'm cured? Or I was like, was there a certain moment where you were like, wow, something really big is happening now? There was a lot of moments. I would say that, um, I, I would say, um, probably speaking to your last question really quickly, I would say that to kind of give a, a piece that I think is important is that I started looking at it from a common sense type of way. And when I started looking at things like, people with multiple personality disorder could have different ailments and different pain and different allergies when they're in different personalities. Mm. I started going, well, wait a second here. And then I started going, well, the placebo has been proven more than anything ever has. So we know our minds have this healing ability, whether we want to believe it or not, it has it. And that's proof. And whether I want to, <laughs> I could argue with the information, but it's proven over and over and over again. So there's that. And then multiple personality disorder. And, and so, and, uh, amputees, more than 80% of amputees still experiencing pain. And so kind of going, well, logic is telling me that the mind um, has the answers. And so 
to your to your point of to your question, you said uh, as far as pain. I would say that if I was meditating, I could get my pain to go down. Would it stay mm-hmm. down? Did my body heal? No. Uh, if I was sending my pain to the center of the earth, I could get it to go down. If I was really really relaxing, I could get it to go down. Uh, it wasn't life changing. I didn't get my life back. I didn't heal, but could I get it to go down or do better at times? Uh, yes. Uh, but I still, uh, still, if I took my mind off of it, my pain would come back. Or even also, I felt I was extremely lethargic. I also had very low neutrophil count, so white blood cell count. Uh, there was a lot of other things that were going on, and I had limited uh, mobility, and I was very, very weak. And mm-hmm. so, um, so I, I would say that with some things, um, I would feel a, a difference, but then it would come back or it wasn't really life-changing or health-changing. Um, I would say that even when I finally did figure it out, I was, it was um, like I would figure something out and then my pain would be back and I'd be like, oh, what is it? It, it, it was a process of yeah. understanding what the mind was doing and so why. How long have you been healed now? I've been better for completely better nine years. Wow. Okay. So I'm still trying to understand this whole thing. So you have now, you, you know that you can heal with the mind. Yes. And is there a process that you don't have to share it here? I'm just curious. Is there a process that you teach people on how to heal the mind? What is it that you do with mostly athletes and the corporate people that you're working? What did you translate this into? Basically, very simply put, yes, there's definitely a process. So I have like mm-hmm. a process that people can use to heal with their mind. And, um, and, and if I tell you, it's going to sound ridiculously stupid. So here we go. <laughs> okay. So if we put it in common sense terms, if somebody's embarrassed, their face turns red. Yeah, that's my dog. It's cute. I saw a yeah. little black. <laughs> a little bit of color. Um, so... Uh, if somebody is uh, nervous, they have a, um, like, uh, you know, they can have a nervous stomach. Right. Or even somebody has a sexual thought, sex, sexual physical response, right? And, um, and so we can see that emotions affect the body. Like mm-hmm. embarrassed, face turns red, anxiety attack, racing heart, shortness of breath, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So somebody has racing heart, shortness of breath. You go, okay, yeah, we know that. Those are emotions. But how much can emotions really affect the physical body? Let's see. Somebody can be scared to death. We've got the widowhood effect where a senior loses a spouse. They can actually die. Or an infant, Mm -hmm. failure to thrive. An infant doesn't get enough love, they can die. Or there's bored to death, Mm -hmm. which is a real thing. Who would have thought bored to death was more than just a a phrase? People can be bored to death. So I thought, well, wait a second. Somebody embarrassed, anxiety attack, failure to thrive, scared to death, bored to death. Well, what about other emotions like anger or hurt or resentment or sadness or abandonment or all of these other emotions? Just these eight emotions affect our body, but the rest don't? Yeah. Makes sense. And so, uh, and, and so by the way, the, the, the reason that I preface it, and I see that person who put in, you know, not, nothing is stupid. The reason is because a lot of times if you make it really, really simple, people are like, it couldn't possibly be that. Right. So I want to preface it with, it sounds stupid and it's not because, like if you look at Einstein, Einstein uh, would say no problem can be solved by the same level of consciousness that created it. 
Mm. So our consciousness as a culture around emotions is, oh, emotions, let's ignore them, let's bury them, leave your emotions at the door, we say, used to say in the corporate world. And now when we start to look at emotions, emotions are energy. And then when you start to understand emotions and what they're doing, like because a lot of times there's, there's different types of energy. So we can send energy where we think about somebody or even send energy, um, like if we think of somebody and they call, or we can send white energy, or we can send expansive energy and do all these things by sending energy, absolutely. And also our emotions have energy and they carry our core energy and we have transmission energy. And so, um, and so we, we can look at it in a very simple way or we can look at it you know, in, in a way of the awareness when we start to shift our awareness that emotions have energy. And so, uh, so that's what I began to understand is just starting to look at, and it, like uh, if I took somebody with multiple personality disorder and said, well, does somebody with multiple personality disorder change their emotions between personality? Well, yes. <laughs> uh-huh. Does that make sense? And so, um, and, you know, so I put it in very simple terms because I always want people to get results. But I mean, because people are always amazed at what I'm able to do with my mind and how I'm able to show people how to get results. I, I've been in research studies where like one of them, uh, I was in a study where I was like locked in this small room that looked kind of like a large freezer, <laughs> padded room. And in the adjacent room was a photon beam with a photon splitter and photon counter. And the goal was for me to move the photons in the other room with just my mind. Ah. So, yeah. So it was, it was fun. And, and this little voice would come on in my room and in the room that I was in, it would say, uh, go. And then it would say, okay, now stop. And I would stop. And I, I don't know, cause I didn't have a phone on me, but I would say it was probably three or four minutes of go and stop. And, and then what they did is they were able to look at the photon counter and they could see when I was using my mind and when I wasn't, the photo, there was a drastic difference. Wow. Photons, right? So, so you, there's transmission energy and we can send energy and all of these things. But when it comes to healing our body, that's a type of core energy. And that has to do with emotions and subconscious programming at a deeper level. Mm, I completely agree with that. So it's not only physical, it's emotional pain as well, trauma. Is it all sorts of, because you dealt with physical, which obviously was emotional as well, because that's such a horrible thing to go through. I would say everything manifests. Yeah. Like when, I, when I look at my accident and when I look at the onset of when my emotions change, even though I would tell you that I felt like a happy person, I loved what I did with work, um, I had a lot of fear inside that I had been been like, oh, this is ridiculous. Um, a lot of it had to do around stuff with 9-11. Mm. And so, but I was like, I wasn't at 9-11, but it, uh, part of the trauma that happened in my mind was I, I did network engineering at the time. And it was, my shift was 5 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Pacific time. Yeah. On Eastern that put me in when 9-11 was happening. Now, my helping hands, so the people that, would, uh, that I worked with were in the trade towers. And mm -hmm. so at that moment, and plus I, I worked in, uh, we had like these pillars. So we had pillars everywhere that, uh, that had CNN or the news on each of them. And so as I was sitting there, I have people all of a sudden screaming on the phone, help me, help me, help me. Oh my goodness 
angles, I'm watching the trade centers being hit. And so my mind took in this information. And then, uh, and of course, I'm like worried about them. Like, I just want to help them. And then the phone goes dead. And I'm sitting there watching and there's nothing I can do. And, and of course, I'm like, I'm not the last person I'm worried about is me. And, uh, but my mind uh, recorded that in a way. And then, and then basically further from that, um, I don't know if you remember, but after 9-11, there was like, we're in orange, we're in red. I was in Manhattan during the time, during 9-11. So yeah. Yeah. How was that on your end? Horrible. I moved like two weeks later, three weeks later. Yep. I had friends that did the same thing. They were like, yeah. done. Yeah. And I can't even imagine, you know, being on the phone with people and, you know, it was such a traumatic experience. So I think it makes total sense to me. And then the period after, yeah. You, you know, and, but it, it did to me at the time, because I was very much like, I can walk on glass. I, I am strong woman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I, like I, I mean, I grew up remembering like one time my mom cried. So I did not grow up in any, there was no room for emotions and, and I didn't, and I, I thought I was fine. And, um, and, and so, but then every day that sensory information was going into my mind. And then I would also cross the Bay Bridge and there was tanks on the Bay Bridge out towards mm -hmm. where there's, uh, yeah. So, so my brain was building up all of this fear and then I had other trigger, like I ended up other traumas that were also, um, I don't want to share a bunch of negative stuff, but blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, uh, and my brain recorded it. Now, if you would ask me consciously if that stuff bothered me, I would say, no, people in Manhattan, the people yeah. in New York, like those, like, you know, I mean, that, and, and it's horrific. When, when did you, it totally makes sense to me. And it's, it's something that I think is so important because we do take things in unconsciously. And if we're not aware of our con unconscious thoughts, they're affecting our everyday life because we're projecting those thoughts are projecting out into the experience of our world and then bringing in more of those difficult situations. Right. So when did you realize, where was the correlation made with uh, 9-11? When did you realize that that fear was in there? Was it when you were doing all this work healing yourself? Not to make it complex, but it, basically I had a, I had both a feeling of wanting to go help. So that was part of the thing. Like I wanted to go, I had this huge thing of wanting to go help and then wanting to, like there was a programming. It, part of what happens is that a lot of people are looking for a trauma with healing. Yeah. Oh, what is the trauma? In my experience with working with people, it's never one trauma. Yeah. Why? Basically, like if we look at, uh, if I break it down to simplicity, if, um, you know, scared to death, bored to death, uh, failure to thrive, all of those things, embarrassed, anxiety attack, all of those things, we can look at it and we can see that negative emotions can affect the body. That's mm -hmm. common sense. We can see that. But we can also look at it objectively and say people can have negative emotions and they don't affect the body. It's not like you have a negative emotion, all of a sudden you're sick. And so what I found in my work is that uh, I call it the PSC, the primary symptom emotion, uh, is that when it connects with certain other connections, that's when it affects the physical body. So uh, the best way to illustrate that is to say, okay, if somebody has flour, they can't make cake. But if they have flour and they mix it with other ingredients, then they can make cake. And so 
we can have a negative emotion and it's not that we're going to get sick like that, but if we have a negative emotion and it's mixed with certain other ingredients, then it triggers it. And so, uh, and so I had other things that were going on, um, even, uh, as far back as age, uh, see, I've deleted it. I, I'm going to, I'm going to guess and say age six or eight. Yeah. Five. Yeah. I understand the deleting of it too. I really do. Like you don't remember a time. You don't remember when those things happened because they just don't have that level of importance anymore. Exactly. Gone. Exactly. Yeah. So it's been deleted. So like, even when I try to check back to the energy of it, I, I, I don't have it, but, um, but that, so it, I mean, it took a lot of, of really, um, soul searching and figuring it out and getting in touch with my emotions, um, which was something that I was not uh, at all. So it's so fascinating because I didn't know that we were going to go down this road, but I have a question. Well, I have two questions. One, can you tell us what a network engineer is so that we understand what that is? Because I don't know that I have a full understanding of what a network engineer does. I mean, technically what I did with network engineering is I, it's so much easier to say, I would take uh circuits so it take communications at this time because this was um like i mean obviously 911 all of that so um i had so if you think about the i'm wondering if i can like america online was my customer so i would help like build like their like uh test out their infrastructure so circuits would go down so basically let's say let's say the internet connection went down between you and i now i wouldn't just work on a small one just this size but a, a lot bigger yeah i understand and so let's say that a lot of internet connections went down in this area. And uh, the nice thing is, is there's a lot of redundancy. So things are actually always going down all of the time, but we just dial in through a different way. So it's like a frame relay network. It's like, it's kind of like uh, uh, a road can have construction on it. And we can take a million different ways. Mm -hmm. And the network is set up to where it automatically does, it's automatically doing it all of the time to take the best, fastest route all of the time, right? I and so things are actually going down all of the time. Um, and so, uh, but because the network is self-healing, it just, but either way, that's what I would do is I would test out, I would identify things that were down or people would call me and say, hey, this is down. I would test out the circuit. And then I would say, hey, New York, I got, uh, can you do this with my circuit? Or can, like I would dispatch people and I would, they would be my helping hands in, in the field. So they would help fix everything because I worked at, a computer, a couple computer screens, basically. Okay, good. I understand that. Great. Thank you. So what, what is the gift in self-healing, um, Brandy? What do you think the gift is? Oh my God, so many. Yeah. So many. Um, this is my favorite part, of course. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, that and, and getting radical results. But um, a, a few things. Um, first and foremost, I mean, the gift in my life is that I'm, I'm a different person than I was before. Like, even when I think back to the injured self, it seems like a, a, a different, it doesn't even seem like me. Uh, so in my life, uh, saying that I went through pain and, and all of this stuff and, and struggle on every level, relationship, financial, emotional, physical, everything, um, I wouldn't take it back if I could because of the way it changed my life. Mm. And so, uh, so that is huge. And then like just self-healing in general, I would say this is what it is, is our bodies are trying to give us feedback. So if we look at it, our thoughts and our energy helps create our life. Our, our mind helps, helps create our life. Einstein would say imagination is the preview of life's coming attraction. So however you want to call it, but our minds help create our life. Now, if we have emotions 
that are off, like emotional patterns, like let's say a pattern of criticism or a pattern of resentment or a pattern of hurt or abandonment that we have in our mind. If um, basically, if we have to fix that emotion, it helps change our life. And another way to look at it, um, kind of like this, let's say that somebody has a pain in their shoulder and they're going through life and they're like, oh my God, this, this pain in my shoulder, I just wish it would go away. But the pain is really telling them to change hurt or abandonment or something mm -hmm. towards their spouse or whatever. And instead they just keep going through life and keep struggling through life and keep struggling through life instead of changing it. But when we change our emotions, we change our life. And, yeah. you know, um, if we look at traditional psychology, you know, we've all heard before, maybe there's a a woman who has an abusive father and then she leaves him and finds the abusive boss, boyfriend, spouse, whomever. And we have, so we have patterns of dating yep. or hurt or whatever it is. We have patterns. Okay. And so it, a lot of times what happens is we're going through life and, and, you know, maybe we have this shoulder pain. It'd be like driving through life and we're driving towards a cliff or we're driving on a really bumpy road and GPS is saying left turn, left turn. And we're like, shut up GPS. Yeah. <laughs> And meanwhile, that's what our bodies are doing. It's like we have this pain or we have this issue or health issue. And instead we're trying to shut it up. But when we listen to what it's saying and we change the pattern and the emotions, it doesn't just change our health. It changes our life. And it's, it's, it's incredible. It's all, there's always a gift every time. And it's so beautiful. It's so, so let me ask you this. I know, I know what you're talking about. And I love hearing this because I actually created a program called Soul Finder Academy. And, and the first month, it's based on a SAS acronym. And the first month is all about subconscious thinking because people are so unaware even of those critic patterns and all those patterns that are keeping them from their destiny, their dreams, whatever it is they want to create besides the physical problems that they're creating in their own body. So I, I love everything you're saying. I had a question and I went off and I don't want to do that. Um, oh, Okay, let me go back to this question because it's a question I had about the other thing and I'm hoping this will come back. So are you saying that you're recognizing your fear and recognizing the stuff, did that bring the accident to you or did that just encase your, did your pain just get encased in your body because of also the thought stuff or do you know what I'm trying to say here? Yes, I know where you're going. So great, uh, great. So just answer then and then I'll try to think of the other question I have. <laughs> Thing you yes. said which is so great um and uh give me one second because i have to access it and you uh give me one second hold on sure, take your time we get that vocal mind uh give me one second yes yes uh, okay i got it yes all right so um bingo bingo uh so the thing that i uh so then uh, let me grab it back there we go okay so my grandfather had been injured, uh, shot in World War II. Mm. And in World War II, once he was shot, uh, he laid in the snow for three days and just pretended to be dead while soldiers walked over him, right? Wow. Battle the bulge, all of that stuff. And so, uh, so part of what happened is that so fast so that was his story and i had heard that growing up over and over yeah. and over and over again right so what happened is there was this experience and then there was two other experiences that were also after this that then happened that were uh very traumatic 
uh, that were like uh, crazy tra traumatic things. And then so my brain basically kind of linked up that if I was stuck in bed, if I didn't move, uh, that it would be safer. Wow. So my grandfather, I was being like my grandfather. <laughs> I love, I love that. I mean, I don't love that you went through that, but I love that story, what you just shared and how much that story that you heard had such an effect on your belief system and everything. And I wouldn't have known it. And the funny, the, and you didn't even know that that's what was happening though, because it was so, yeah. Not, not even, I mean, and not only that, but if you had asked my mom, like, I, I mean, I was in so much pain also that even thinking was hard. Breathing was hard. It was just, um, it, it, it was, it was a lot. So, um, yeah. Wow. So the work, I have so many questions for you. Um, so the work that you do, the work that you end, I, I don't, the work that you do and you in healing yourself and then healing others and working with others now, which I'm assuming is very motivational as well. You must, cause you're working with very high level people. Is this all about like, tell me what thermography is first. And I'm not even sure if I'm saying that right. And then we'll go from there because what you're saying is so layered, but yet also simple in some ways, but it's very layered and beautiful. I love that you recognize that, that it is very simple and it's also very layered. Yeah. Um, I love that. Well said. Um, so, okay. So thermography. Okay. So as far as thermography, if you think of the word therm, um, it has to do with heat. Okay. What thermography does is it shows heat from the body. Now, after my injury, when I got better, I started, um, I, I didn't, I, I thought, oh my God, people are going to think I'm crazy that I healed with my mind. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I wanted to figure out how to show people, I wanted to basically help others because I started to realize from a different level of consciousness that we're really torturing ourselves. We're taking all these medications and burning things and, and cutting parts of our body out when it could actually heal. And I'm going, well, wait a second, what are we doing? And, and so um, I wanted to show people the power of their mind. And so what I started doing is I first, I, I started taking people who are out of, uh, who are in chronic pain and I'd show them how to use their mind to get rid of it in minutes. Mm, goodness, and so they'd actually, yeah, they'd have like a level eight of pain and I'd show them how to use their mind and then it would be gone. And then I thought as I was, you know, doing speaking and I would uh, take people from an audience and do that, I thought, okay, great. I'm going to show somebody. And then somebody in the audience is going to say, yeah, that was a plant. Yeah, that can't be real. That person made it up or something like that. So thermography shows heat from the body. And I started taking people. I had a, a doctor, uh, DC, start scanning people. And let's say somebody has neck pain. What happens on the scan is that it generates heat and that shows mm. up on the scan. And so let's say they have a level seven of neck pain. And what will happen is on the scan, you can see a big red area. And then what I would do is I would just start working with them with their mind and coaching them on how to do it, how to change. And you could see the scan turn from red to green as the pain goes away. And, and then I'd ask the person, you know, what's your pain level? And they'd be like, oh my God. It's gone. And so, uh, so that's what the thermography is, is for, is just to show people how powerful our minds are. So are you intuitively asking them questions or are there a specific set of questions in order to get them to the emotional trauma that is linked to that pain or to have them reverse whatever is 
to helping the brain to realize that they can heal themselves? Um, what I'm doing, I can feel what other people feel. Mm. Uh, so whether you want to call it uh, like on a technical medical type note, I'll call it mere touch synesthesia, which is an actual medical condition where one person can feel what another person's feeling or quantum physics, we could call it quantum uh, entanglement with non-locality, or you could call it an empath on a lot of steroids. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Go ahead. <laughs> so whatever way you want to look at it, <laughs> um, I can feel what other people are feeling and I can also just ask the universe uh, what it is, but, uh, but that's what I do is I just uh, identify what it is and then I help them to shift it. Wow. So your entire life has shifted from doing this work and that's correct, right? Hugely. And then when you come across your own struggles or I'm assuming you do because we're human. So forgive me, maybe that's not true for you anymore. Do you have struggles anymore or do life when life experiences happen that are really difficult, do they still happen for you? Let me ask that. I would say if I'm honest, I would say I'm probably the happiest person that I know. And I think we all have, I, I don't know that I call them struggles, but we could call them that. Um, I don't identify them as being that. Mm. And I would say this is where they come from. I would say if I wasn't trying to grow, then I probably would hit less of, of those. So kind of like what it is, is, is this is what I say. I understand. Go ahead. Keep saying it. Is that... Our life is as it is, and, and anytime we start changing something, we start to change being seen more, or change our uh, income, or change our relationship status, or what we're doing, we hit uh, things that, that we're not yet, that, that we have growth to do to get there, because whatever our, our life is now is a reflection of our mind. And so uh, let's say that, um, okay, so something that I, like, something, that I felt bad for, that I was working through, was that my real goal is to help change uh, healthcare, change the way that people see their health. When we look at the healthcare, uh, people are uh, people are sick. People are getting more sick. Uh, chronic illness is increasing. I mean, if you look at uh, chronic pain, 1.5 billion people. And when you look at it for a moment, it's getting worse, not better. And even with the supplement industry and everything people are doing in their diets and all of this, the numbers have continued to get worse. And, and, and they continue to, and they're projected to continue to do that to the year 2030. And so, uh, so my goal is to change that. Now, my, uh, I work with people like celebrities, CEOs, all of that, to help them change company, change their company, change their career, like do all kinds of things like manifesting and, and conscious creation and all of that. And in my life, as far as charging money for that stuff, I've been like, oh, I'm, I'm great because I know people have an ROI, uh, basically a return on investment. Mm -hmm. uh, they pay X amount for me and they make, <laughs> you right. know, people make millions and millions and millions uh, and, and change it around. I mean, I think 101 person, like 137 million last year. But wow. I mean, yeah. Went from like losing money, millions every year to 137 million last year. So, uh, so I see awesome shifts and, and changes. And so, uh, so charging money for that has been great. But then I had this thing about health, like we should, 
feel bad and, and I can't charge and, and some guilt feelings, especially everything that I went through and all these things. But then I, so, so then there's been some speed bumps in that area for me uh, personally. And then feeling bad and then manifesting and going, okay, look, I got to change this because, uh, and, and so that's, that was something. So do, do things still happen? And then I get, yeah, I'm like, but, but, but again, again, um, I, I can tell you, like, I probably have tears of joy, probably, probably three, four times a week for no reason and every reason. I mean, it's not like because something just happened. It's just because like, I, I went for a drive and I'm just looking around going, oh, freaking love life or yeah. yeah it's not because some type of wonderful thing happened though if i look at my week this week like <laughs> like i'd say like seven eight amazing things happened already this week and so and it's only thursday it's only thursday i love that randy so how tell us how you um uh, how you do work with people your focus so bleh, so much i want to ask you um so your focus right now, how do you want to get this out to the masses? Because you do have something like, is this something that you can teach the masses to do? Like, how are you handling getting your movement out there? Let's see. So, um, I'm like, let's see what I'm allowed to share. Um, <laughs> um, uh, okay. So, uh, on the front end of things, like I have classes where I do, uh, where I have like people go through a video set and then I also um, have them join group calls and then I help them with like identifying what's going on in their mind and how to shift it. And of course that's in the video set also, but I just, I, I'm a results oriented person. So I want people to get tangible, real results. And so that's one way. Um, another thing that I'm doing is I'm working, we'll just say in, stages of working with parts of the medical community um, that look exciting right now. And to be honest with you, I don't know if I'm allowed to mention their name or not. And so I'll, I always, if I'm not sure if I'm allowed to, I always just err on the side of, let me just keep it confidential. So. Great. Yeah. But, uh, but some exciting things to help get it into uh, and basically like research studies to help show just like the thermography where you can see pain going away. And, and, and so just creating more tangible results for people to be able to say, oh my God, this really actually works. Like with the mind, I, this is how I feel is it's research shows that to make any type of real movement, it takes about 25% of a population of a given area to think in the same way. And so what we have happening is that more and more people are starting to wake up to the power of the mind. Mm. But there's a couple of things that are happening. One, that people will go, no, 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 it's quantum physics. No, it's metaphysics. No, it's the angels. No, it's my guides. No, it's mm -hmm. uh, Christianity. No, it's God. No, it's Buddha. No, it's... And so the problem is, is that if we don't ever get the 25%, then we'll never be able to make the shift. And some people are like, no, it's the mind. No, it's energy. No, it's... And so... Part of what I do whenever I speak, and you'll even notice on this, is I make it very grounded and very and, and very connected and also energy and, and, and every, like I want people to feel empowered and I also want them to have a, a, a an encompassing vision because if one person says, no, it's the mind and no, it's energy, well, and another person says, no, it's prayer, well, if you look at prayer, 
It had like, let's all just agree. It's happening in the mind. You want to call it God. You're right. If you want to call it Buddha, you're right. Mm -hmm. Energy, you're right. Mm -hmm. Let's agree with the tool. And so there's that. So we've got to have a common language and we've also got to be able to get back to back results, consistent results. Not like, Oh, well this worked and we don't know why, but ta-da! like, cause we've yeah. had spontaneous remission has been around for years. Placebo has been around for years. Uh, what's interesting about the placebo is most people don't know that the open label placebo works. Um, and the open label placebo is where both the doctor and the patient know it's a placebo. Oh, interesting. Right. So a lot of people go like, then you'll hear people go uh, with energy. They're like, you just have to believe you're already healed. Believe you're already healed. You're like, you do realize placebo doesn't work for that reason. Right. And so people think they have to believe they're already healed or, or after, like it, there's a lot of different things. And so, so wait, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was, I was complete. So uh, I love this and I do agree with you. I feel like it is all this, even I like, I teach people how to talk to their guides or that definitely was my platform early on. And my guides had showed up as people outside of me because that's how I knew I related really all they're doing is reflecting my highest truth, my highest self, my, my soul, you know, my own helping me with my own thoughts and everything like that to clear. So I love that you say that the common denominator is basically I don't know what you say the common denominator is. The way I understand that it's basically us. It's our brains. It's how it's we brain. think. It's- you could call it energy. You could call it psychoneuroimmunology. You could call right. it science. Whatever you want to call it, it's this. Whatever right. in your ears, it's that. <laughs> and those things are the things that are still just helping us to shape this. Like if you call it prayer, like you said, or Buddhist or angels or anything, it's still always coming back to this. Our brain. Exactly. So it's funny. It's like if you ask a conventional doctor, does stress affect the body? Well, yeah. Yeah. And you say, what about prayer healing? It'd be like prayer healing. But if you look at like Mary Baker Eddy with Christian science, we'll talk about moving from fear to faith. Mm. One inspired thought after another. So if you move from fear to faith, you got rid of stress. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one yeah. inspired thought after another, you're yeah. happy. <laughs> and yeah. so, does stress affect the body? Absolutely. Prayer healing, pff- and then prayer, no, it's God and that stress stuff. And you go, you guys are saying the same thing. Can we just all have a common language about it so we can create real change? Because we're cutting off body parts and medicating ourselves and, and dying and opioids and all these things. And, and people are suffering. And it's, it's, I mean, the best way to relate it is if, if you know, if somebody has a, a financial plan for their budget and they've been practicing it and they're going backwards every month for a long period of time, they would say, there's something wrong with this plan. And yeah. when we look at healthcare, technology has gotten better and better and better and better and better. And there's more and more and more people sick and it's continuing to increase. You'd say there's something wrong with this plan. <laughs> All right. Totally. So um, what happens when you work with somebody? Can you work with a skeptic? If somebody's a skeptic, like my brain isn't gonna... I don't like working with skeptics. Okay. I, I, I like Skeptics, I like actually working with people who have pain or even like, because um, uh, I like to show them. I like, for, I like to blow people's mind. I like for them to see how powerful they are. And because I sp- spent so long feeling disempowered and like I was hoping for somebody to heal me and and all of these things but even um early on in my practice I actually worked in an office with a uh with a doctor DC and he would run my blood work and different things like that but I had this guy who came in who had had a stroke and his mother or I'm sorry his wife and his daughter 
asked him, they begged him to come in and see me. And so they wheeled him in and then they, uh, then they shut the door. And as soon as they left, he said, I know you have to believe this stuff works and I don't believe it. So can we just tell them? Um, and, and, you know, we'll just, we can just sit here and talk so you don't have to do anything. And then, um, we'll just tell them we worked. And I was like, uh, you don't have to do a session at all, but I, there's no way I can tell your wife and your daughter that we worked. And there's no way I can have my secretary bill you for an appointment. Like that's just not going to work for me. And so I, I went to go open the door. He's like, no, 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 I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> and so I was like, right, this is what we do. And, but I don't want to make you, he's like, no, 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 no. And so we started working. And his entire left side of his body had been paralyzed and numb. And so about, uh, it took maybe about 20 minutes, but that all started, the feeling all came back in his body. And uh, you should see the things that I see, just incredible. (laughs) Like tumors disappear. Um, Like I have this, like even like on my website, there's this woman who had a tumor and she had been trying everything like uh, energy work, uh, diet supplements, all these things, finally scheduled surgery. And it just so happened the day before surgery, her and I connected and we worked for like an hour and 15 minutes and she showed up the next day for surgery and she had been pre prepped for surgery. All of these things showed up the next day for surgery and the tumor was gone. Wow. <laughs> her, so she's like standing outside of the hospital, like crying and in tears and, um, yeah. So one of my last questions is, can, can people do this on their own or do they need you to facilitate this for them? I would say the truth of it is, is that both are true, is that people can absolutely do it on their own. I did it on my, my own. Right. It took me years and it took me a long time to figure out what it was. Uh, but I think if you're headstrong um, and it probably take a while, uh, but there, there, I mean, there's a step-by-step process. And so transforming something is easy. Sometimes seeing our subconscious patterns is not because they mm-hmm. are, of course, subconscious. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like if you said like, uh, and there are tools and stuff that I show people how to see their subconscious, but a lot of people still don't necessarily want to see their subconscious or sometimes the pattern has been there so long that they don't recognize it. Yeah. And the best way to describe it would be like if you're wearing a turtleneck, like the first time you put on ever put on a turtleneck, likely it, you might have felt like it was choking you or a necktie. And then, you know, if you wear, get used to wearing turtlenecks after a while, you put it on, you don't even know it's there. Or like all of us, we don't necessarily notice our clothes are touching us right now because we're used to them. Um, and, and so a lot of times what can happen is that the subconscious patterns are so close to us and such a part of us that we don't see them. Yeah. I love that. That's great. Brandy. Wow. Do you want to take us through something for like 10, 15 minutes or we could just do Q and a, it's up to you. I'm sure they're going to want you to take us through something. Let's do a process and it'll be, it won't be a 15 minute one though. Yeah. It'll be shorter. Yeah. It's kind of, uh, and it's a bit ridiculous, but it'll be fun. Okay, great. All right. So, so just for a moment, I'm going to ask you to, Just take a breath and just relax. And what we're just gonna kind of just tune in a bit. And I want you to think about things that you might be working on, whether it's with your health or manifesting or um, changes that you're working on making. 
And one of the things that I'll see a lot uh, in the bingo, let's go uh, bingo. One of the things that I'll see a lot with people is they'll, they'll send energy or they'll want to shift something, but at their core, the emotion is still there. So that old programming is still there. And so what I'm going to give you is like a quick, uh, just uh, a way to show your brain, to remind your brain so it gets very clear on the change that it want, you want it to make. And again, this, I'm going to let you know ahead of time, it is a bit outside of the box. Okay. Uh, bingo. All right. So I want you to think about how a lot of people have mixed emotions. Like maybe there's something that where people, they want to get in a relationship. They want to get in a relationship, but they feel a sense of hurt. Or they, like if we look at my story where I felt like I, I wasn't in fear because I was avoiding it, but deep down I had a ton of fear. Or, you know, uh, maybe people will say, no, I, everything's fine. I'm happy. And deep down inside they feel sad. Or uh, people will say, I'm not mad. It's like, well, you sound like you're mad. I'm not mad <laughs> and because they don't really want to be, but the feeling is still there. And so because a lot of us have gotten out of touch with our emotions, where you see people, I see a lot where people, they want to, they want to be happy, but they don't genuinely necessarily feel happy. So they'll say, I'm thinking positive but they're not really feeling positive. And so what I'd want to do is from this exercise, I want to remind your mind for a moment that when you change your health, when you change your life, the key to really doing that is to making sure to shift your core energy. And we didn't go deep into core energy, but core energy has to do with your subconscious programming. The, uh, the energy that is coming from your subconscious mind. That's what I call core energy. So any energy that's coming from your emotions is your core energy. And your core energy is what's going to control your health and your life the most. And so just for a moment, I'm going to ask you to think about someone or something that you love. And I want you to notice how you feel. Beautiful. Beautiful. And I want you to think about something that you've had mixed feelings about. And I want you to remind your mind for a moment that to create a change in that area, you're going to want to get more aligned. You're going to want to have consistent feelings and emotions. Okay. And I want to remind you that to really create a change, whether it's health or changing your life, that those emotions have to be your automatic emotions. And we're going to illustrate this by this quick exercise. And I want you to notice again, I want you to think about something that you love 
or someone or something and notice how you feel automatically. Great. And now just for a moment, I want you to picture, I want you to clear that. And I want you to picture just for a moment that you have this spoon. You have this spoon, this just regular spoon. And by the way, this is called the DS test. And so I want you to just picture you have this spoon, a silver spoon. And that you take that spoon and you take a big scoop of dog shit and you take it close to your mouth like you're going to eat it. How do you feel? Notice what feeling comes up. Ew, right? Nasty, gross. Okay, clear that. Okay, delete, delete. Okay, but what I want you to notice from this is that no part of you thought, I want to eat that DS. No part of you thought, maybe, maybe just a little bite. Okay. It was automatic. It was automatically there. You didn't have to think, how do I want to feel? It was already there. It, it's programmed in you. Now, the way that you get results with changing your life, with healing, with anything like that, is that when you really create a change, it should be programmed in you so much that it responds like either DS, which is, of course, dog shit, okay? So DS, or where it's that immediate response, or like something you love. You all of a sudden felt all these loving feelings. Now, What'll happen, like sometimes people will, like I'll work with people who maybe they feel terrible and heavy towards money. And it's like, they've got all these problems and like, you got to change that or health or any, any of these things. But part of the gift in healing, when Marilyn asked, what was the gift in healing? It wasn't just that it changed my life. It taught me how to use my mind to get real results because time and time again, in the spiritual world and empowerment world, we'll see where people are thinking things or they're visualizing or wanting to create or sending energy or affirmations or all of these things. And yet they're not really changing their life. They're not getting the results that they'd want to get. And so what I want to bring it into is, is that we, yes, we have energy. Yes, we can send energy. I, you know, I mentioned the uh, the photon beam and, and using my mind to sh shape energy and different things like that. But when we really change our life, what we want to start really shifting is our core energy. And that I want you to think back to this exercise of saying, okay, when I really create a change, I, it's because I need to change my programming. So that's the end of the exercise. Uh, and let's do this just to, to clear it up. Uh, and, and create really, really positive because we don't want that you gross feeling from DS. Um, I'm going to ask you guys to bring in the feeling. Um, let's see. Bingo. I'm going to ask you to bring in the feeling of feeling love. I'm going to ask you guys to bring in that feeling of feeling love. Can you bring that feeling in? Maybe think about something you love, somebody you love something like that, but bringing that feeling in. 
love of something, someone, good. From the group, I have about a level four. So I'm going to ask you guys to bring it up even more. Create that feeling. Bring it in as much as you can. <laughs> ah, guys, that feels so good. Nice. I got about, about a level seven from the group. And anytime I give a group number, uh, it, it, you might be a 10. Uh, you might be a three or four. On average, what I just saw is about a seven, seven. Yes, about a seven. So great, great job. Uh, and, and just bringing in those feelings um, is a great way to, uh, to start that program. So, um, so there we have it. And, uh, <laughs> and I told you it's a little outside of the box. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was amazing. It, it was so, um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, great. Go I ahead. thought it was amazing. It was very, it, it was again, that simplified yet very profound exercise that very clearly you, you exactly know what, what you need to feel, what, what feeling you want to bring in, what feeling you don't need. And yes, you do have that in you and the consciousness around it. And for me, it was perfect. It was great. I think it gives us a visceral experience that we really need to shift our emotions. And yeah, so uh, thank you. Yeah. And great. again, out, outside of the box, but I think that a lot of uh, what needs to happen is, is around uh, awareness. Um, so Brandy, please tell us how we can get in touch with you and follow you and oh my goodness, we got to get that TEDx talk and support you and everything you're doing because you're so beautiful. And that was just, it's just been so incredible. Thank you so much. Marilyn, you're so wonderful. I love oh. your energy. I love it. Um, the, the best way is, is my website, brandygilmore.com. And, uh, and there, my TED talk is also there. So she spells her name with two L's. So it's G-I-L-L-M-O-R-E, brandygilmore.com. And then your TED talk, you said? Uh, the TEDx talk is actually, there's a link for it there. Um, or you can simply look up 10X uh, Brandy Gilmore and, um, and Brandy is with a Y and Gilmore is with two L's. 